In episode 2.2 of Unshuffled, we discuss the second, and to this point, final, Pale Grey Law album, Eschatology. But first, as always, here's our awesome intro music from Seven Planets. Scotty D, Matt, we are back. It's uh, it's it has been a long time. It's an ever-changing world in which we live. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> well, now you you've moved on. Yeah, so I'm now on a different continent. I've moved from the continent of Asia to the continent of Australia. Um, <laughs> and you I will am- soon be moving. <laughs> I'm still in our little house in the mountains in Vermont, but yeah, we are uh, in four days' time. We're back on a plane and back to back to Jakarta. Back to next door to my empty house. Back next door to your empty house. Yeah. Oh, like ships in the night. <laughs> Just keep passing. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so here we are. We uh, yeah. we have album two of Pale Grey Lore ahead of us. For yeah. anyone who's forgotten what we're doing at this point, yeah, <laughs> how could you forget? <laughs> um, yeah, it's and looking forward to it. And listeners, we actually don't get to speak to each other very often. We um, we we sort of catch up <laughs> during these podcasts as well. So excuse us for. Um, catching up on the news, um, but we will talk about the album at length. Uh, don't don't worry. Um, so yeah, in changing continents, I have also been through two weeks in hotel quarantine, um, and now I, and I've gone from twenty nine, thirty, thirty one degrees every day to the depths of a southern Australian winter, which. I mean, you would scoff when I say the depths of winter. It's nothing compared to those mountains you're in, but it's still damn cold after not having seen a winter for three years. Um, especially when I decided to walk home from a friend's house at 3 a.m. last night. Oh, jeez. Uh, around the we... lake. Like, yeah, it, it, it was cold. <laughs> we... uh we and that I think last time we talked, we were just getting ready to pack up the kids in the car and drive to Iowa. Yeah, and I uh, about that. yeah, and we did, we did. Um, it's it's mm-hmm. we so Vermont, New York, Pennsylvania. Everybody's everybody's doing what they should do, being the you know wearing the masks and keeping socially distant and whatnot. Once we crossed that border from uh, Pennsylvania into Ohio, and then from Ohio onwards, it just became like a yeah. a lawless no man's land. <laughs> it was there was there were there was one moment we went to do curbside pickup and went into this place to get the food, and it was a re- and it was just packed not a mask to yeah. be seen everybody just sort of yeah. crammed together in this little place eating and drinking as if nothing was going on it 
it was kind of, it was an alarming, I, it was alarming. And once we, when we drove back, it was just sort of, we were kind of hauling through to get to Pennsylvania and get back to where there was felt like some semblance of protection. <laughs> it was, right. and, mm. and then shortly after we got back, we learned that several of those states have now are being shut down to several other states in the U.S. It's, it's a thing out here. Yeah, well, it's a thing here uh, as well. Um, it wasn't when we decided to come here, and now it is. After two weeks in hotel quarantine, it suddenly became a thing. Um, I am getting blamed for it by my friends, but I can assure them it wasn't us. But, um, yeah, Melbourne, <laughs> Melbourne, which is the capital of my home state of Victoria, is now in complete lockdown. I'm in regional Victoria, thankfully, but all the borders are closed. Victorians are now treated as if we're unclean by the rest of the country. Um, you know, so, yeah, things change quickly in this in this world. So, um, But I'm having a year off work, so that will give me plenty of time to listen to Gojira and the following band and the band after that. And you've got plenty of travelling coming up, so you might get some good quality listening time in too. Hopefully. I do. I do. I've got... 40 hours on an airplane coming up here soon. So yeah. that'll, that'll get me yeah. easily through the first Gojira album. <laughs> yeah. All right. But uh, the last, well, month, more than a month has been, that was a soda water, listeners. <laughs> it's 10.30 in the morning. It was a soda water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, listen, we are unshuffled, as you know. I mean, you're listening to us, so you know who we are. Um we are bringing or trying to bring some sense of intentionality back to music listening. Uh, we're working band by band, album by album, track by track. So we pick a band, we start with their first album, we listen to every song, we talk about it in depth, we move to the second album, we do the same thing. Hopefully, we are inspiring some people to do the same. And if not, we're having fun, so it doesn't matter. But um, the current band we're on only has two albums so we're on or so far hopefully they'll have many many more to come uh, the band is called pale gray law they're from ohio so hopefully they're not caught up in all the um uh, maskless uh, sort of um lawlessness <laughs> uh, and they're they're okay uh but yeah we're on to their second album eschatology um if you haven't listened to it yet listener I would advise you to head over to the Small Stone website and you can download it. You'll get it instantly. You can order a physical copy. I've done that actually, uh, Scotty. And yeah. I think, I think it's at your place. It is. So I was going to – I meant to talk to you about that before we recorded. I think I've got two for you. Yep. So yeah. I'll just bring them back, right? Yeah, just bring them back. Okay. Uh, the other one's the uh, Tor album that I hadn't. I haven't uh, listened to it yet. So. But if, have you got the physical copy of Eschatology, our album for today? I don't. Um, I, I should was, have told you that. Yeah, I – no, I don't. I had to get it on Bandcamp. Okay. Um, right. So. Anyway, feel free to open those CDs. And, you know. Is Eschatology in there? Eschatology one of them and um, – yeah, there's a course. Wow. All right, I may. 
I don't know what Heather did with them. I think she packed them already. But I would shoot. Otherwise, I would open it up. Yeah. Anyway. Doesn't matter. Um, speaking of physical media, I what was waiting for me here when I came to Australia was one of 1,000 copies of the original pressing of Tab 4 uh, uh, from the Atomic Bitchwax, our first band. Um, which, which album cover is that? That's the one with the Hell 9000. Ah, okay. Yeah. Uh, and, and the track order is completely different. So, yeah, we drove out to the country yesterday and I drove on the way back. I put that in for the first time and listened to it in the new track order and it, it kind of worked. So I didn't mind it. It's, it was strange without Revival as the first track. Um, what what start? I'm assuming I think the new track order is Pawn, Pawn Shop Guitar is the first track now on, 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 the, on the original pressing, Pawn Shop Guitar. Oh. Huh, that's an interesting start. Yeah. yeah, it was very interesting. And then I think they went into Middleman and some of the sort of deeper cuts were the first few songs and then they got into the really good stuff in the middle right. of the album and, and sort of brought it home strong. Huh, mm. so that was the original track listing. So yeah. somewhere along the, the way... That was the Meteor City Okay, so somewhere along the way a decision was made to shuffle that up a bit. Yeah. Hmm. I think they got it right second time around. But anyway, it was interesting. You know, it's go. It's all part of my children's inheritance. You know, it's going to be uh, worth <laughs> literally right. tens of dollars one day. <laughs> Did you say you got it on um, vinyl or yeah. CD? CD. Oh, okay. That's how I roll. I'm a CD guy. I didn't know because they they the uh, Atomic Bitchwax. They they always do the cool album cover the vinyl colors and but yeah the purple vinyl yeah mm. mm -hmm. so. still waiting on the new atomic bitchworks have you heard anything about that uh no i haven't scorpio yeah no nothing no, i haven't either let's chase that up and yeah see yeah, yeah yeah Wait, see what's happening i think it was there. september though wasn't it wasn't that the new date uh they pushed it out that far did they thought i saw that okay. somewhere Anyway, let's talk uh, our album for today, Eschatology by Pale Grey Law. Um, as we always do, we start with the nuts and bolts, the uh, album credits, the album details. Um, so hopefully you got those there for us, Scotty. I do. Um, and I also, it's August 28th, by the way, is the Scorpio when it comes out. Oh, okay, good. So, speaking of release dates, the Eschatology has two different release dates. And what I think, in in the limited research that I was able to do, is I think this came out on vinyl first, and then mm. a month later was released in all other formats, or that's reversed. But for whatever reason, it's in my head that it came out. Anyway, one of the release dates is September 6, 2019, and then the other release date is October 4, 2019. So there was hmm. there was a month, and I, and I think it was it all had to do with media formats of of right. what what came out when. Um, this was so we've we've added a new member, right? We talked about him in the last episode, Xander Rose. Yeah, yeah, with the delightful name, right? Xander Roseberry, 
and uh, yep. he has um, he and Michael Miller, who vocals, guitars, they're the producers of this. Yeah. Right. And okay. it was recorded at Minefield Recording, which is in Columbus, Ohio. And this was mixed by Andy Sartain, who is the he produced the first album. Yep. So he did the mixing of this, and I think he, if you look up his name, I, I'm I have reason to believe that Minefield Recording is somehow maybe his studio, or he's very very closely related to that to that studio. Yeah. So his name's kind of all yeah. over it. Um. So it yeah. it stands to yeah. reason that he would be involved. Yeah, I saw some pictures of the album being made, and it was it looked very much like a home studio setup to me. Mm-hmm. I think I saw a, a, a washing machine in one of the shots. <laughs> um, and in the lineup, so the lineup, again, Michael Miller, uh, vocals, um, guitars, does electric and acoustic. We've got some acoustic in here that we'll talk about. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, theremin, again, and the Mellotron mm-hmm. makes makes its way back in. Um, huh. Xander Roseberry is doing guitar, backing vocals, uh, Donovan Johnson again on bass and Adam Miller on drums percussion. Did we ever decide if Michael Miller and Adam Miller were brothers? No, we just assumed it. Right. Uh, okay. Let's stick with the assumption. Fair enough. Um, I didn't realize there was a Mellotron. I um, didn't pick it up in the, the in my listing. So be interested to if you worked out which song the Mellotron's on I th- or songs. I feel like I had made a note of that. Okay. I love the Mellotron. Yeah. I, I I think it's my favorite of the unusual instruments we've come across so far. I would love to have a Mellotron. I just don't know what I'd I do with it. I want you to have a Mellotron. <laughs> I don't know what I'd do with it, but I would love to have a Mellotron. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure you do something good with it. I thought I had made a note of where I thought it was, and I don't think I did. Yeah. Oh, well, it's in there somewhere. It's in there. Yeah. Okay. So um, I think this is our m- this is our mo- most recent album we've covered. Oh, and yeah. This of, course, this, of course, is on uh, Small Stone. So this is their, um, well, very good label. I was going to call them a major label. I'm not sure they're in that category, but they're a really good label and... Um, you know, so many great bands on Small Stone, including um, Seven Planets, who you hear in the intro and the outro of our podcast. So uh, a label very close to our heart uh, and one that I've followed for, well, close to two decades now and have been responsible for a lot of great listening over the years for me. So um, very impressive that the band caught the eye of or the, you know, the sort of um, the ear and the very well-tuned ear of, of the people at Small Stone. And, um, yeah, that was one of the things that made me want to listen to them, the fact that they'd, um, that they'd made that, they'd been picked up by that label. We were, I remember two podcasts ago, we were torn between them and Gojira, and mm. the Small Stone kind of helped nudge it. Yep, yep. Um. And they were, you know, they have been, you know, from Columbus, Ohio, as we discussed last podcast, um, very active 
in that local scene. I've supported a lot of really good bands in Columbus, working with Columbus, um, a Columbus producer, mixer, Columbus artist, did the artwork on their first album. Um, now, I really like the artwork on this one. Um, Were you able um, to... Yeah. I, so the artist was Adam Eckley, but I yeah. couldn't, I don't, were you able to find more on what he's done? I was not. No. Well, I've got a link to a sort of portfolio that of his, you know, he's got a website. Okay. I don't know if he's from Columbus. I don't know much about his bio, um, but he does have a, you know, there's a great mix of, uh, some T-shirt stuff. He does illustrations. There's some gig posters. Uh, he also does some sculptures and um, some really interesting art there. So um, have a look, listener, at the really cool artwork and, and click through to this Adam Eckley guy because he's got some um, some really nice other work that he does. And then, the... yeah, we, we like we liked the artwork on the first album, and, and I like it again here, even more. Is the you said some of the gig posters? Did you notice were they exclusively Pale Grey Lore, or is he? Uh, no, I'm just clicking through now. Um, so let's see, he's no, there's other plenty of others. Um, but yeah, there's a few with Pale Grey Lore as well. And a few other bands that I haven't heard of, but that sound good. He does a lot at Bob's Bar, wherever that is. <laughs> um, I don't suppose he's that done is. some comedy gigs, some yeah. So he's done some, you know, a whole range of different posters. And uh, cool artist. I like his Bob's stuff. Bar, Columbus, Ohio. Okay, there you go. So he might be an Ohioan. Whenever I'm there, I'll be sure to drop into Bob's. Hopefully Bob's doing okay. I don't know if they're open at the moment. Yeah, they're in Ohio. They might be. A bar up. Wouldn't want to be a bar opener at the moment anyway. Hmm. So in the last episode, we, mm -hmm. we talked about talking about eschatology. Do we want to? Oh yeah. Do we want to dive into the title before we? Because I think knowing what the title means helps sort of establish what a lot of the songs are about. Okay. Well, let me give the definition. It's the part of theology concerned with death, judgment, and the final destiny of the soul and of humankind. We also on the last podcast hinted or suggested that while the first album wasn't a concept album, we felt like it had some aspects of concept album about it and sort of thought maybe they could do a concept album one day. And this, this feels like a concept album to me. There is a, a very strong theme throughout this and it's about the final destiny of humankind perhaps less so than the soul but it is a very it's got a sci-fi space opera 
theme running through it, which I really like. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And then there's there are also elements though of um of sort of even just global warming, right? Just sort of kind of yeah. climate coming back and 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 reclaiming um and so there but each and i don't know i couldn't find like a constant thread that linked each song but each song is definitely about the same thing right each song is definitely dealing with sort of that study of end times yep and and how human how humans react to it right um and it's not always in a nice way, you know. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I I don't know if it's tight enough to be strictly called a concept album. Right. But it does. It, it is bordering on it, as far as I, I'm concerned. Yep, I, I'm with you. Um, it's, it's it's not Tommy, but it's uh, there's definite yeah. definite links. There's some very strong themes that run throughout. Um, and I mean the first. Um, should we should we jump into it? Um, this, any more on the artwork, or should we? I'm no, I'm good to jump into it. I will say before we jump track. into it, we we did ask last time whether or not the last album qualified as doom. I do think this one's doomier yep. than the last one. So <laughs> I do think they've they've nudged themselves closer to earning that. Sort of that doomy. Yeah. Yeah. I might. They are doomier. I'm still not convinced they are strictly a doom metal band, though. Mm. I would just file them more generally under Stoner Rock, perhaps. Yeah. With strong yeah. doom elements. But, um, and, and you'll hear it as we go through the track by track, there is a lot of variation from song to song, which I quite like. Like, um, mm. So there are songs where you go, that's a cool doomy riff or that's a doom song, but certainly wouldn't say that about every song on the album. Right. Mm. So then, well, then with that said, let's jump into Sunken Cities. Yes. Because this, this uh, does start off with that little doomy mood setter. It kind of just sort of just lays out, yeah. here's, here's the mood, and then... Mm. And then jumps yeah, into that those cool nice, fuzzed up bass. Yeah, that's a great bass line. So yeah, that first minute or so is, the, I guess, the musical equivalent of a horror, mo a creaking door in a horror movie, just a scene setting. Um, you know the um, cymbal rolls, the the slow picking on the bass, and and then on the sort of neck of the guitar, uh, there's a little little bit of atmospheric synth or maybe that's the mellotron there or whatever it is but um yeah a really nice starts the album i thought that that opening stanza oh, that and be. then it, yeah then as you said the um the lovely bumble uh rumbling fuzzy bass and a really strong riff throughout that first song it sounds like um, they have a flanger kind of on the guitar giving some mood there and then it sounds like the bass and the chorus has sort of that flanger effect as well which is cool because yeah you don't hear that mm. throughout 
The other thing yeah. that I noted about this song is that in the last album, we questioned sort of kind of what, if we were able to identify his voice. And I do feel like, yes, I, I, yeah. I do feel like it, it, it's there. Um, we, we now, this yeah. is how, this is how Michael Miller sings and, and it kind yeah. of jumps off from here. Yeah. And I really like the, the vocals on this track. Mm-hmm. I like the lyrics, you know, this is a story of uh, humanity living below the surface of an unlivable planet. Um, if we don't starve, we'll surely freeze or else succumb to some disease. It got me thinking about what diseases they might succumb to. And I imagine rickets would be high on the list if you're living under the surface of the earth. And I, I, you know, my mind went to lots of places. I love science fiction. I was thinking if they live under the surface of the earth, they probably should utilize the sort of geothermal uh, heating, heating of the, of the earth to, to stop themselves freezing. But it, maybe they just had to leave so quickly that they weren't able to tap into that or didn't have the, the expertise. Uh, and I think there is a song later on where they talk about um, how they've lost their technology. Um, but yeah, it got me. It got, there's, there's a really good science fiction plot in this song and, and, you know, combined with a few others. There's a really good film in here somewhere as well as a really good album. Um, and there's, towards the end of this song, there's, I mean, they don't really do solos guitar solos they're not a solo band they're not mm. a show-offy guitar band they weren't on the first album and they're not here but it's about as close as they get to a solo with a with a little musical interlude at least and and a solo-y bit which i quite liked as well yeah they do with the, the solos a lot of their solos are sort of outgoing kind of and they're they're ending the song on the solo more often than not. yeah hmm Speaking of which, you were talking, what have you, there is a, I was reading a book actually at the time that while we were doing this called The Deep by River Solomon, which is, right. it's, a, it's, it's a novella and it, it's about uh, a society um, that is living underwater. It's, it's more driven okay. by, by, uh, it's a reflection of racial relations in the United States um, more yeah. than what's happening here, but it is tapping into sort of that ideas of how, how sort of we adapt to survive. Yeah. Yep. Sounds good. And um, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of cool food for thought in this album. I like I like the fact that they're just boldly embracing some sci-fi, some cool sci-fi concepts, and, and running with them. And uh, overall, yeah, I really like that first song. I I was um, I found myself, you know, not quite punching the sky, but not far off a few times, particularly with that first song. It's close to my favorite. Um, it's one of my favorites, at least, off the album. So this actually brings us moving into the next, because I've got, I have, there are three songs that I'm, I'm, I haven't been able to pinpoint which one, but this, this next one, mm-hmm. Greets Brings Eternal, this is, this is yep. moving into, into one of my favorites. And the okay. first thing that got me on this were the drums. Right, it's got a cool groove. Yeah. This is definitely here. We're moving into stoner rock. Um, Absolutely, uh, I like. I, I do like the melody, but I, the drums on this track are. I, I felt definitely more more present and and mm. better mixed than on the last one. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah. Um, so for me, what uh, what I noticed switching from the Doom to the Stoner was the change in the symbols. So this is the um, the closed hi hats as opposed to the splashy symbols on the Doomier stuff. I thought of Queens of the Stone Age mm -hmm. when I on this and a couple of other tracks where it has that Stoner groove through it. Um, also, not only in the drums, but there's also a noodling sound, a noodling sort of guitar bit through the chorus here that uh, reminded me of some of Josh Homme's, um, you know, style. Right. So, that where that um, first track yeah. is. The first track is heavily atmospheric. This one kind of starts to get more into kind of just just a groove. Yep. Yeah, and a cool groove too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So was this your favorite, or you one of your favorites? I, it's it's one of the favorites. Um, I'll yeah. I'll narrow it down by the end of this conversation. All right, great song <laughs> title too. Yeah, it is. Greed springs eternal. And so, so that's which, one of the other themes on the album is the inequality and and the sort of splintering of humanity into the haves and have-nots and the, the survivors and the others. Um, yeah, really cool food for thought again. The next one moving into we so the next one is more of one of those I guess if we were to call it an atmosphere piece uh, is before the fall and in this one now yeah. we just kind of what it does is it picks up on the fuzz from the last track right so it still starts out fuzzed out mm. but we go back into kind of these more minor chords and uh, mm. and I think that the theremin comes into play here and just sort of kind of lays out the um, sort of sets up the mood again brings it back yeah. to kind of that yeah, so that's the mm. it, this was the sort of howling winds desolate earth which i think they did a little bit of that on the um first album as well yeah so the, here we're back to the open symbols the doomy riff um and you know ashes falling like rain you know great great imagery hmm. and a really I, I think this is probably the heaviest that's sounded to this point um this song i thought cool yeah. cool heavy song i like i like doom and you know this was good right uh, mm. All right, so I've made up my mind. It's it's track four, that is uh, regicide. Th this is my favorite. Oh, here's okay. why. Here's why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how many mm. how many fun little dance numbers about killing kings are there out there? <laughs> I mean, yeah, no many. Just, <laughs> it's kind of it's got this you know the cool little guitar solo again to take us out, but it's just this this dancey little groove about about uh, about killing kings, and then even. And I like the, what I also like about this song. There's that that little breakdown in the middle of the song, just to kind of for our smoker friends, right? So while you're out there dancing, kind of give everybody a chance to catch their breath, and then they fire back into it again. <laughs> so I thought that was considerate as yeah. well. I think yeah. um, I think this might be my favorite song actually. Yeah, I do like the shuffling the shuffling rhythm here. It is a good dance song, as you said. Surprisingly. Um, mm -hmm. and there's a bit of theremin, theremin there. There is a heavier riff in there, um, you know, later on. Uh, and a cool dirgy guitar solo. I thought it perhaps ended a little abruptly. Um, but yeah, I made a note here, and I, you know, 
I like paraphrasing people. Here I'm paraphrasing uh, Dirty Harry, Dirty Harry Callahan. Uh, a band's got to know their limitations. And I think one of the things I like about this band is that they do know their limitations and work well within those. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've never at any point listening to this band thought, wow, that's the greatest guitar bit of guitar playing I've ever heard or that drumming was amazing. But what they do so well is combine the elements that they can access into really good songs. And, um, yeah, I, you know, I mean that to be a compliment. They, they know what they bring and they combine it really well. And this is a good example of that. And, uh, yeah, it was perhaps a little more Game of Thrones than, um, than sort of Asimov or... <laughs> but I still liked it. Well, so this now brings us to Waiting for the Dawn. Yeah. Wow. So here's right. Here's the it's always track five, isn't it? Track five is always that acoustic. That's the that's when the ballad comes into play. Uh, the end of side one. Yep. And uh and that and that's it's sort of it kind of it it it, it is if if so I, I was gonna when I talked about track five and track six I sort of looked at them as end of side one and beginning of side two and this is sort of that kind of bringing us all down bringing us all back down um, bringing it back into the mood and uh, continuing I guess that theme of yep. end times yeah I mean it is bold I mean I, I admire them for putting this on here. You always run the risk with an acoustic song of sort of calling to mind that annoying guy by the campfire who brings out his guitar and <laughs> annoys all the, the the men and, you know. <laughs> um, but they managed to avoid that. You know, it, it's, a, it's got simple chords, a simple song structure. It's good though. I liked it. It's it's kind of bleak but hopeful at the same time. You know, waiting for the dawn. So there is this idea that there is some hope here. We we might get there in the end. And um, yeah, I admired. It was it was a bold move, but um, good on them for for making saying. You know what? Let's just do it. Let's just put this acoustic song on there. And who cares? And and I think. Um, it's good. I enjoyed it, and they're yep. not. It's certainly not camp, campfire guy. I didn't get that vibe at all. I uh, so moving into the rift track six. Yep. What I assume is yep. side two. Um, mm-hmm. I like so sunken cities kind of brought us in with this kind of you know just sort of this mood builder, and and I think that this is a, a really killer opener for side two. We just we just go mm. right. I love the the drums yeah. and the guitar working together in the intro. Uh, here you can hear the theremin um, again, and and we kind of mm. sort of get back into that. I feel like you can kind of divide this album by which tracks are more groove oriented and which tracks are yeah. more atmospheric. And this is this yeah. is definitely we're, we're now back into sort of this groove oriented. And I have no, I looked and I couldn't find. I don't know if this is if, if Xander Roseberry has any 
thing to do with this because a lot of these more groove driven songs do sound different than the first album but there's no way of i mean there's just not enough of a to be able to know yeah. what, you mm. know if he brought that to the table or not yeah would be would be guessing um this is the film clip song so they do have a an official film clip to this there's a link to that on the show notes which has some cool retro sci-fi footage from that they've dug up from somewhere or other but it's uh it's it's good fun um yes that i do agree this is groovy this is the quatsa influence again that and that cool it's 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 a good song i thought again maybe over too quickly a little bit perhaps i'm set i made that note on a couple of songs where i thought oh another Another verse would have been nice there or another just mm. something different and then a, a closing bit or something would have been good. But, um, yeah, a really good song and, and a fun film clip if if, uh, if you've got a few minutes to spare. Hmm. Yeah. And so now moving back – oh, this, by the way, when I had said that I was torn between three tracks in the favorites, yep. this, was, yep. this was the third. Um, and, and, yeah, and well, this is my favorite. This is your favorite. Yeah, Void yeah. Cursed. Oh, this next one that's coming up is your favorite. N- yeah, sorry, not oh. not the rift. The next one is. Okay, well then you you take this one on. All right. Um, so we're back to the doomy stuff. Yeah. The detuned riff. We've got a sort of wailing guitar sound laid over the top of this slow. Doomy riff. I love this sound on this album. Um, part of the reason I really like the song is I really like the lyrics. So this is space arc stuff, and that's a whole sort of genre of science fiction, the space arc genre, uh, which is the idea that if you want to get to anywhere interesting in the universe, it's going to take a very, very long time, often generations. Um, and in this song they're talking about a space arc that has been you know the rich people of earth abandoned the earth left this wasteland of a planet and set off in search of some um new home but got lost on the way and now they're just wandering the universe um so yeah really love the lyrics and um this i certainly didn't write ended too quickly with this one this i thought was um their most complete song had a really nice finish. So um, as a whole, this is not just because it's doomy and I like the lyrics, but also just as a piece of songwriting, I thought this was the best example of a, a complete composition. Hmm. Uh, that's my favourite. And okay. a cool song title as well, Void Kirk. <laughs> this, I think, is also one that they still play live. If you look at... Uh... Right. I looked at coming up some of their set lists, and this one, this one. I mean, I guess mm-hmm. it would. It's off their new album. I shouldn't have said yeah. that. Up at Bob's Bar. <laughs> I, should, I shouldn't have been so shocked when I said that. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I. This is again. It's it's sort of that mood setting, atmosphere song. Um, this one. There were elements of this that also reminded me, took me back to the first album. Yeah. So when I was trying to figure out what songs Xander Roseberry had uh, 
influence over. And again, who knows? I mean, he was the producer. He probably had influence over all of it. But this this kind of did feel more Michael Miller style of what I understood from from that first album. Um, all right. Then the next one, Silent Command, track eight. This one, mm. so I found myself doing kind of, you know, a little head nod throughout, not not quite as dancey as, as, as Regicide. Um, but, they, mm. you know, kind of a groove, found myself moving a little bit. But what it, all of a sudden there's that, that Beach Boys style choir in the chorus, which it, <laughs> at first was, was uh, disarming. But went back and listened to it, yeah. and a bold move. And and I do, I, I I do, I like it. I like what they did. I like that they brought that in. I like that it it they. I mean, they went for it. They they worked on that. Yeah. Well, they had a couple of those uh, choruses on the on their debut. So this was the first time we'd heard it on this album. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a beautiful tale of a seductress leading a love-struck young man upstairs, up up to the uh, upper levels of a tower, and pushing him off the ledge. Um, it does have a sort of dark fairy tale quality to it. I thought um, they called to mind again the uh, Queens of the Stone Age album. This was the sort of lullabies to paralyze. Um, um, Certainly more Game of Thrones than science fiction. And there's been a couple of Game of Thrones moments also with the, the regicide, I thought. So right. there's a little bit of a GOT influence at times. Um, but, yeah, I enjoyed it. This this was good. And, like and the Beach Boys. And the Beach Boys. Dark, lulli- <laughs> dark lullaby with the Beach Boys. Yeah, and a sea shanty uh, right. overtone. Uh, nice mix. Uh, what's the next one? Track nine, Undermind, is that correct? Yep. I didn't, and I, I, mm. Go ahead. Uh, well, I didn't really make any notes on this, so I'm, I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Well, unfortunately, I, I didn't play about it. I think it's that kind of song, right? Yeah. I wrote <laughs> cool little jammy tune. Yeah. I, st- I wrote bit meh filler. Yeah. yeah it's, it's track nine. Yeah. It's always track nine, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, nothing wrong with it, but just didn't stand out among all the other, um, right. among all the other tracks, especially with coming off the, the, the Beach Boys sea shanty. <laughs> so that brings us to the last track on the album, Eschatology. Yeah, yeah it does. This one, and I, I would need to, I need to go back and pinpoint it again. There was mm. something about this track that really reminded me of something off of, uh, off of Faith No More Angel Dust. Oh. There was something about whether it was the, the, the backing ambiance. Um, there was, there's a feel to this song that felt, yeah, Faith No More Angel Dust was sort of what, I mean, we've got, again, we've got kind of that cool fuzzed out bass, uh, especially like at the three minute mark where they kind of go in that direction. You've got the harmonies. Um, but there was sort of, and maybe it's the theremin, maybe it's the Mellotron. Uh, I would need to go back to pinpoint exactly where in in, in Angel Dust I'm thinking of, but kind of one of those deeper cuts. Okay. There is a slightly different guitar sound through the verses on this. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was, it's sort of, it's not quite acoustic, but it's, 
somewhere Cleaner. in between, semi-acoustic, I suppose. Yeah, maybe that. Maybe it was that. I'm just trying to think what's different about this track to the others. But I don't know. I'm looking up Faith No More while you're talking about that. Mm. Great album. I might go and have a listen to that before we move on to Gojira. Um, it does change quite a lot in the last minute. The, uh, that little heavy, very heavy finish to it. And then there's the outro, of course. Mm-hmm. Um which the outro I thought was a really nice bookend with that atmospheric intro. Um, and this was that, you know, I've been, I was crying out for a, a longer trippy long, you know, tripped out song on the previous album. And we never quite got there up to this point. This I think was the closest we got across the two albums to that, right. to that dream. And, um, yeah, I thought this was a really nice way to finish the album. Um, sounds like you agree. Yeah, no, I thought that this was a great, a great end to the album. Um, it was, uh, it, it kind of has, it sort of, it brings everything together again. Like I said, it's got the, it's got the fuzz, but it's got the atmosphere. It's got the, Mm. it's got the harmonies. Um, it's got the groove. It kind of, yep. Yeah. All the elements. Perfect, perfect for a title track too. If you think yeah. about the fact that it, yeah. it ties everything together. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, so it sounds like you're pretty positive overall on the album. Yeah, no, absolutely, I am. Yeah, me too. I I enjoyed this album. I, I enjoyed this album more than the first one for sure. Like I, I definitely there was a sense of um, I feel like the the songwriting was better. I feel like the uh, lyric writing was better. I feel the production was better. Uh, yeah. I mean, they, they clearly had more money to to put into it, but um, I definitely, I definitely enjoyed this one mm. more than the other one. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, it's it's really is what this. I like. I think Stoner Rock's probably my favorite genre, and I but I like it when it sort of veers towards the heavier side of the stoner rock spectrum Mm -hmm. and so i really thought this hit the sweet spot as far as my personal preferences are concerned a heavy doomy but not over the top stoner album and and well done it's got some you know some themes that i could really uh, buy into If I had to knock half a point off, for me, it's probably the production. I actually preferred the production on the first album. I thought there was a little bit of muddiness Mm -hmm. um, at times. And I guess we've been a bit spoiled because by the time the Atomic Bitchwax got to those last couple of albums, they'd really had that clean sound down. Like that was as clean, you know, Gravitron was as beautifully produced an album as I've heard in a long time. So... Um, I, I wouldn't say the production is perfect, but I mean, it's, I think it's well balanced. I can hear every instrument and I like the guitar sound, but yeah, there just is a little bit of muddiness. Um, I thought at times, but then, you know, when I was listening to it in the car or, um, you know, just out and about, that wasn't an issue, but it was just when I had the good headphones going through, um, the good, you know, 
the good computer, the high quality files, I thought, oh, it's not quite a hundred percent, but it's, I mean, it's not far off. It's, it's not badly produced, but it's not perfect. Hmm. Um, hopefully they can just dial that up that extra notch on the next album. Um, right. I, I did like the fact that, and, and we were hoping for this last time that they sort of picked them. They were more consistent with their vocals and they certainly got that. I really like this guy singing. He's a good singer. Mm-hmm. And um, enjoyed that throughout. As I said early on, I thought, I reckon there's a really good film in here somewhere. Um, and, yeah, I'm happy for them to, to go down that concept album path and, and just keep running with, with things. Their themes are fairly consistent. It'd be nice now to hear them. I, I, I mean, environmental, dis, you know, the destruction of planet Earth is a, is a great and, and very common theme in metal and, and heavier music. I'd love to hear them perhaps try something more personal on the next album or two and, and, and a bit more introspective rather than telling that outward tale of humanity. But let's hear about what's going on inside uh, the human, you know, more about the, the individual human condition rather than humanity as a whole. But, you know, they can do what they want. But, you know, I would like something, some a little more introspection perhaps in, in future that. albums. I get that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, really enjoyed it. Thoroughly enjoyed it and was happy to have this as I went through my quarantine, hotel quarantine. And, <laughs> um, but even more so, more recently, getting th- out into the Australian countryside, um, you know, catching buses and driving under the, the beautiful blue Australian sky that I've missed so much that's... Um, this has been a nice companion as I've reintroduced myself to the country I love. Hmm. Mm. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, so with regards to the band Brownlow. Oh yeah. Yeah. we got to do that. I, yeah, we do. And, but I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to start. Huh? Well, as Wait. you can tell, I've put a lot of thought into this. <laughs> See, all right then. All right. All right. All right. I'll start. Well, first off, we've never done one with four members. No. Right? So we've always done it on that rating, the the most point. It was a three, two, one, and 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 the top got the most points, right? The yeah. three points went to the top guy. Yeah, someone's gonna miss out. That's what I'm so is that it? Somebody's gonna get a zero? Because that's yeah. what I'm struggling with here. Oh. Oh, um, that's, be, that's so mean. I, all right, so here, let me work through this. Let let me work through my thought process here. All right. So I feel like for me. Here's the thing. I really like the way the drums and the bass work together on this album. Yep. But I don't feel like I can isolate them, right? I think right. the bass has some really cool things going on, and, mm. and the drums has some really cool things going on. I feel like the top two spots have to go to Michael Miller and Xander Roseberry. Uh, just they sort of cre- constructed, they created. Now, so do... You can't do that. Like, I can't create a Donovan Johnson, Adam Miller sort of and give that that entity one point i have to one of these guys has gotta gotta take the hit don't they well it's our podcast we can do what we want <laughs> we can do what we want well we got to be consistent because i think the next band i think we're getting into like five people oh that's gonna be tough mm. look i'll give you mine while we while you right. ponder that ponder what you're gonna do All right. uh, M- michael miller three love the fact that he's 
he seems like, as we have mentioned before, he seems like the driving force in the band, and I, I admire the fact that he's pinned down his vocal style. And, um, yeah, it seems to be his vision that's coming through in the lyrics and, and the songs. Um, I'm going to give to to the bass, the fuzzy, I, I like the, the fuzzy bass sound, as you know. Um, and, again, we're not talking um, uh, Chris Kosnick here, but uh, it, it plays its role and, and a really nice sound. So nicely mixed bass. It's it's always nice to hear the bass when you're listening to a band, but not be overwhelmed by it. And um, so we got that. Um, and I'm going to go with the drums. I, I thought the drums set the tone on on every song. Um, so it was for me from moving from one song to the other. It was the drums that first made it clear to me what that song, what they were doing with that song. So I'm going to go um, um, Mike Miller, uh, bass player, who is? Uh, Donovan Johnson. Donovan Johnson and then uh, the, the drums for one. All right. So what's interesting now, okay, so I found myself as I was listening to you reformatting everything that I just said. I'm also with you, Michael Miller, i got to give to the top spot. Um, but as I'm looking back at my notes, I'm realizing anything I've had to say about Xander Roseberry was not sure what his, like, not sure where he sort of added or added on to what was being heard. Whereas with uh, Donovan Johnson, I've got so many where I'm just, the drums were just certain bits about the drums jump out at me. So I'm going to go yeah. Michael, Michael Miller, three, uh, Don, I'm sorry, Adam Miller, the drummer, yep. two, um, yep. Donovan Johnson, the bass player, one, and then Santa Roseberry. I guess misses out zero. Yeah, so that's yep. so. Even if we've got five, we've got two guys taking zero. So it's three, two, one. Uh, Let's yeah. do it. All right, All right. <laughs> stick with it. Good. All right. Um, so that gives us. Uh, I'm trying to. Th I mean, Michael Miller is the winner, but I'm trying winner, to figure yeah. out. But who's the number two here? Was it Donovan Johnson or Adam Miller? Because I think that I think it was close. Um, let's uh, let's add it up and put it on the on the show yep. notes. I can't remember. Well done, Michael Miller, on winning the band Brownlow uh, for your band so far. Hmm. Uh -huh. um, all right, so we're done with their uh, complete catalog for now. I'm sure there'll be another one soon enough, and I'm looking forward to it. And when they release it, we'll go back and we'll we'll have a listen. Donovan Johnson, by the way, took the number two spot. Right. Just okay. just a hair above Adam Miller. Okay. All right. Congratulations <laughs> to all who were involved. If, if the folks at home or Donovan Johnson are hanging on the edge of the seat needed yeah. to know now. I'm, I'm sure they were. I've got it for you. <laughs> yeah. So, yes. All right. Um, we Next time, Gojira. And, Gojira. Uh, yep. We'll be closer together. What, we'll have a three-hour time difference next time? Yeah, and it won't be 2 o'clock in the morning, hopefully, um, right. for me or for you. And, um, yeah, we will be closer together. And um, good luck with everything you've got to go through to get back to um, to Jakarta. Yeah, thank you. Right. And, uh, and you guys stay, stay healthy and, and enjoy this.
Yeah. Well, it's nice. I've forgotten. Winter has been a pleasant surprise. I was dreading it, but and the first week was pretty tough. But I'm actually, I think, a sunny winter's day is is. I've forgotten how lovely that can be, especially mm. when you're out out uh, you know climbing up a, the side of a hill or out in the forest somewhere. It's been really nice. Uh, so let's hope things don't get any worse here and in uh, where I am and I can continue to enjoy the great outdoors. Right, right. Uh, uh, crazy time and, um, yeah, hopefully, I think Gojira is going to be a nice soundtrack to all the craziness in the world around us. I'm looking forward to to what we're about to embark on. I think, uh, you know, it's about, you know, and that's why we chose them. I've always wanted to listen to Gojira. I've actually seen them live. And, you know, some people who we know and respect have told us, we've well, got to listen to Gojira. So, um, yeah, here we go. It's going to be fun. Right. And I think I think we're looking at five or six albums. So yeah. Uh, yeah. lock in on this one. Yeah, we'll get our teeth into that. Oh, by the way, just as a before we 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 settle, sail off here, um, yeah. the atomic facts you can listen to the title track Scorpio is now available. Oh, okay, great. I, I just found that, so right. I haven't listened to it yet. Okay, found it while we were chatting. So. All right, check the show notes. We'll put the link in there. Yep. <coughs> All right. Well, listeners. Uh, so, yep, you've been listening to Unshuffled. Uh, don't forget. We have a website, unshuffledpod.com. You can get us on Twitter, at unshuffledpod. And you can send us an email, unshuffledpod at gmail.com uh, are the various methods you can contact us. And we'd love to hear from you. Uh, we highly recommend that you track down the first Gojira album, which I think is pretty hard to get, but um, you can always just get the digital files if you can't find the physical copy and join us as we continue on our journey into musical intentionality thank you pale gray law for entertaining us uh, over the last few weeks well it's almost been a couple of months now hasn't it <laughs> <laughs> sure feels like it yeah but uh, thoroughly enjoyed that little journey and um, yes. long, long may you keep entertaining the people of columbus and and people all around the world um, and hopefully soon you'll be back playing live. Um, thank you, Small Stone and Seven Planets, for uh, giving us the honour of um, allowing us to use such a cool song in our opening and, and closing for the podcast. And thank you, listener, listeners, for joining us on this journey into musical intentionality. And uh, stick with us as we go onwards and upwards into the world of Gojira. And thank you, Scott. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, Matt. And uh, be, be well and be healthy. Hmm. And uh, rock out. Rock out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you next time. Bye.